What's up, guys? It's Pete Mundo here of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Always appreciate you downloading the podcast this week. Thank you for doing it. And if you haven't yet, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And send me a screenshot of that review to Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. And what I will do is I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. I think that's a pretty good trade-off. You take 60 seconds out of your day, and you get a free koozie that reminds you that we are the best Big 12 site out there. It's a great trade. I appreciate you guys doing it, and enjoy the show. Now, Oklahoma doesn't need this, but it's something they're going to have to deal with here on, until they put the kibosh on it sooner rather than later. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much for being a part of the show and, and joining us here. So, um, typically, this part of the show, we have a guest. And unfortunately, as it happens every once in a while in radio or podcasting, um, guest hoses you. That's what happened this week. Marchie Murdoch, Iowa State wide receiver. He had just finished up last year, and, uh, you know, he's in NFL camp and the whole thing, and we were looking forward to having a conversation, but him and his agent uh, pulled the plug on the whole deal and totally backed out and totally left us hanging. So I apologize for that, but if you want to go yell at somebody, there's who you can yell at. That's okay, though. It gives me more time to talk, and I'm more than okay doing that. I really am. So I appreciate you joining us as you do each and every week. Well, this situation with Kyler Murray, a little concerning to me. So earlier this week, Kyler Murray was asked about, you know, a difference in comments between Lincoln Riley, who said it was not set in stone that Murray would not be back in 2019, essentially leaving the door open to Kyler Murray possibly playing football for Oklahoma in 2019. But Scott Boris, his agent, told The Athletic, Kyler's baseball career has a very defined path, which includes playing football at OU for only the 2018 season. So Kyler Murray responded by saying, I'm worried about this season and this season only. That's for them to decide. Obviously, right now, I'm going to play baseball. Like I said, I'm focused on this season. Whatever happens, happens. I feel bad for, Lincoln, or for uh, Kyler Murray. He's in a very difficult spot. And the reason he's in a difficult spot is because he's getting pulled in a lot of directions by a lot of different people. And I think a mistake that he has made, and I know this guy makes people a lot of money, but if Kyler Murray was interested in potentially being a two-sport star or leaving the door open to playing football in 2019, he should not have hired Scott Boris as his agent because Scott Boris is a big mouth, a bully, a bull in a china shop, and not somebody you want as your agent if you want to define what your future path is going to be. Because Scott Boris doesn't give a damn about you. All he's doing is trying to make you the most money throughout your career. And don't get me wrong, he does a very good job at that most of the time. Sometimes he plays his cards poorly and plays them wrong. But a lot of the times, Scott Boris knows what he's doing in terms of trying to make you the most money. That's why people hire him. But for a unique situation like this, where you have a guy coming back to play quarterback at Oklahoma, but he's got the multi-million deal with the A's, 
And is he going to play football? Is he going to play baseball? His heart loves football, but he's got this, you know, seven-figure deal on the table for baseball. It's very convoluted. It's very confusing. And as Kyler Murray gets ready for this 2018 season, this is the last thing he needs to deal with. It just is. And it's the last thing that I'm sure Lincoln Riley wants to deal with. So the best thing that could happen here is for Riley, Boris, Murray, and his parents to sit down in a room and figure out what the message is going to be. Because this bouncing around where, you know, whichever way the wind's blowing on a given day might change the answer to this question is not healthy for Murray. And that should be who everybody is worried about right now or can or cares about is the word. Not worried. There's no reason to be worried about Kyler Murray. But he's the one that they're all looking out for, supposedly. And you can't have Kyler Murray answering questions about baseball if he has a tough Saturday against Iowa State in Week 3. You don't need that if you're Oklahoma. So there has to be a coherent and cohesive message from all parties involved as to how they're going to answer this question. And Murray can say, I'm only worried about this season. That's great. But if he's got his head coach and his baseball agent saying two different things, that doesn't work for anybody. It doesn't. So I would recommend everybody get on the same page here as to what exactly is going on and making sure that this is not going to be misconstrued or misinterpreted again anytime soon because it's too important for OU to make sure that Murray's head is on straight. If we're being honest, the guys have played a full season of football since high school at this point. I mean, he hasn't. And I know he's got all the talent in the world. He's a former five-star guy. But, you know, 2013 was a long time ago. A very, very long time ago. Or 2014, whatever it was, last time he was playing football. So uh, pump the brakes. Let's have this guy focused on FAU Week 1, getting through the season, UCLA Week 2, trying to keep that Big 12 championship streak alive for the Oklahoma Sooners, which is what every OU fan wants, and go from there. And then worry about the future after the season and stop answering the questions. Because if you don't stop answering them, media tip 101. If you keep answering the question, the questions are going to keep coming. There's no doubt about it. So I would be curious to see, and i got to believe, because OU is pretty good at this as a university and as a football program, they clamp down on the message pretty well. So let's see how it plays out over the coming days and if they are able to do that successfully um, as we get closer and closer to the season. Well, also as we get closer and closer to the season, we are starting to roll out our position group rankings on heartlandcollegesports.com. And a lot of you are debating it with us and we're having a conversation and it's, it's been a lot of fun. So we started things off with quarterback, and here's what we did. West Virginia, uh, best quarterback grouping in the league, and it's mostly and, frankly, only because of Will Greer because they're not much behind the guy. But Will Greer's a stud. He could compete for a Heisman Trophy. He's the real deal. You know, Jack Allison, a redshirt sophomore, he sat out last year after transferring from Miami. He was a four-star prospect. We haven't seen much from him, but West Virginia, number one in our position groups at quarterbacks, on heartlandcollegesports.com. Then we went to controversial number two. And I wrote this, I put it as Kansas State, and here's why. Kansas State's the only team in the conference that has two quarter. Well, I take that back. Kansas State is one of two teams in the conference that has 
two quarterbacks who have proven they can win Big 12 games. Alex Delton and Skylar Thompson. Texas is the other one. And don't tell me, don't go there and tell me Iowa State is a third. Zeb Noland won one game as a starter, and guess who it was against? It was against one-win Baylor. So can you beat more than a, a one-win Baylor team once before you tell me that Iowa State has two quarterbacks who have won Big 12 games? Just pump the brakes there a little bit. And that's what this ranking was. It was about a combination of not just who the best player is, but who has the most depth at the position. It was about the position as a whole. It was not just who are the top 10 quarterbacks in the conference. It was ranking the quarterbacks as a position group. So K-State number two, Texas I had as number three. Do I think Sam Ellinger or Shane Bouchelle or either of them are top three quarterbacks in the Big 12? No, I don't. But they've each won Big 12 games. They've proven they can do it. Ellinger could be a top three quarterback in the Big 12 if things go right and the offensive line picks it up a little bit. And then you have two incredible freshmen coming in and All-American Cameron Rising and Casey Thompson from Oklahoma. That's a great foursome there for Texas. Go down to four, Iowa State. There you have it, Kyle Kempt. Then you back him up with Zeb Noland and two really good freshmen coming in as well, and Brock Purdy, uh, Gatorade Arizona Player of the Year, and then Rayal Mitchell, 24th-ranked pro-style QB. So I like Iowa State at four. I go to Baylor at five, and the reason I have Baylor at five is because I'm incredibly high on Charlie Brewer. I think that Charlie Brewer is the kind of guy that if things break right and the offensive line can just keep him upright— he could be the second-best quarterback in the conference this year behind Will Greer. I firmly believe that. He's got a ton of weapons to deal with. And then you have Jerry Bohannon, arguably the best recruit in Matt Rule's two-year tenure. Top-ranked player out of the state of Arkansas. He was considering Alabama, LSU, Georgia, and Auburn, and Baylor gets him. So I like that one, too. Not a whole lot behind him, but there you go. And OU fans are pissed at me that I had OU as sixth in this ranking of Big 12 quarterbacks. Kyler Murray's great. He was a five-star player. But you can't tell me Kyler Murray's proven more at the college football level than any of the other guys on any of the other teams that are above OU. You can't do it. So Murray could end up being the best quarterback in the conference. I'm not denying that, but I haven't seen it. And I haven't seen anything to prove to me that that's going to be the case. Austin Kendall, second in line, a former four-star prospect from North Carolina. He hasn't seen the field much, so why am I going to say, all right, great, he's a four-star prospect. Guess what? Baylor's got a four-star prospect, a quarterback who hasn't played much. Iowa State has one, or Iowa State has a couple of three-star guys. Texas has them. Why am I going to just say, well, Austin Kendall's better than the other four-star players who haven't seen the field? No reason to believe that. And then you go on down from there. I mean, Tanner Mordecai, new freshman in town, a solid four-star stud. Great. Once again, let's see him play. So I have OU at six. I go to TCU at seven. Sean Robinson could be the real deal. I don't know yet. He did not look great in that Texas Tech game last year. It was 6-17. That being said, the conditions were tough, and we cut him some slack there. We do. And then they have a great freshman in Justin Rogers, but he's dealing with knee surgery suffered or knee injury suffered in surgery he underwent last year as a senior in high school. And while he is getting a ton, absolute ton 
of hype, you know, it's still something where you sit there and you say, okay, is he fully recovered? How is he? He was the number two dual threat quarterback in the country last year out of Louisiana. And Grayson Muelstein's a guy who's a senior, but don't forget, he was once the number four quarterback prospect in Texas. I think you could argue that TCU may have the best depth or potential, but you just haven't seen it. So I had them at seven. Eight, Oklahoma State. I got a couple of angry emails from Oklahoma State fans because what I said was Taylor Cornelius, I wrote, is a fine third-string quarterback in a major program, but not much more. And they're like, oh, Cornelius, Mike Gundy's raving about Cornelius. He's the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, one guy told me that Taylor Cornelius is going to be drafted in the NFL next year. If I, if Taylor Cornelius is drafted in the NFL next year, I will give away 10 free Heartland College Sports koozies to the first 10 Oklahoma State fans that email me about it because that would be shocking. Then I have Texas Tech at 9 because what is McLean Carter? What is Jet Duffy? Uh, Alan Bowman's a nice player. He's a true freshman. No one knows what he's going to be. I'm sorry. Texas Tech is all the way down at 9, and Kansas, I know it's a shocker to you, is at 10. So there you have it. Ranking the quarterbacks by group in the Big 12. West Virginia at the top, down to Kansas at 10. You can debate it with us on Twitter, at Heartland underscore CS, or at Pete Mundo. Well, coming up, we got a few more things to hit on here. Got to get to it. Our running back position rankings, we'll explain those. Also, is there a team in the Big 12 maybe getting a little bit too much hype? We'll get to it on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So as we wrap up the show, we also have released our uh, quarterback, or we did our quarterback. We've also released our running back rankings as a group. Derek Duke did that, and as I looked over the rankings and uh, went down the list, I was with him there 100%. We had Oklahoma at number one, so all the OU fans that had their you know, panties all twisted over the fact that we had the quarterback group ranked at sixth, we got the running back group ranked at number one, and I think that's pretty clear number one with Rodney Anderson Trey Sermon, I mean, that's a heck of a one, too. Throw in guys like Kennedy Brooks and TJ Pledger, and uh, this is a loaded unit at running back. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly. Thanks so much, as always, for uh, being a part of the show, for joining us, and for coming along for the ride, because we are now three weeks away from the college football season. I don't count that last weekend in August when there's a few, like, dopey FCS games and maybe a couple of group of five games. I'll pass it's all about September 1, okay? That's that's all anybody cares about. Don't sell me on August 25th. Just don't do it. You go down to number two, Oklahoma State. And you have Justice Hill, who obviously, as elite as it gets in the conference, throw in J.D. King, Chubba Hubbard, a guy who still has expectations. Um, and I think there's a lot to like there. Iowa State, number three. David Montgomery, very solid at the top. And after that, you have some question marks. Sheldon Crony is a guy who you like, but is he the real deal? Mike Warren had a big year back in 2015, but hasn't done a darn thing since Matt Campbell came in here. And I think that's got a lot to do with a disconnect between Warren and the coaching staff. But don't forget about Kini Nwangwu. I'm going to screw this up. Kini Nwangwu. Gosh dang it, I probably butchered it, but ride with me here. 
Guy suffered an Achilles injury and missed 2017. But he's a speedster, and there's a lot to like about him behind David Montgomery. You go to TCU. Yes, you lose Kyle Hicks, but Darius Anderson's the real deal. And then you have uh, Shewo, Alana Luau, and um, that's a great one-two punch. Arguably the best um, in the Big 12 after Oklahoma. And Kennedy Snell, don't forget about him. K-State down from there with Alex Barnes. West Virginia after that. Texas at 7 with uh, Trey Watson, the Cal grad transfer. Imagine if Trey Watson wasn't there. Boy, there'd be uh, not a lot to like in that backfield, to be totally honest. Baylor at 8. A lot of good players. Is there a breakout star there between John Lovett, Jamichael Hasty, and Treston Ebner? I don't see it, but maybe we'll be proven wrong. Uh, Texas Tech, you have Trey King and Dalion Ward as your one-two. That could exceed expectations, but you got to see it to believe it. And then Kansas. And Kansas actually has a player in Khalil Herbert who would be a lot more recognized um, somewhere else in the conference. But because he's at Kansas, he just doesn't get that attention. But actually, KU is um, okay at the running back position. So there you have it. We'll be rolling out wide receivers, offensive line, defensive side as well over the coming days and weeks. So be sure to stay tuned for that on heartlandcollegesports.com. Well, you know, I think about these quarterback battles that are being waged in the Big 12. And you go to schools like Texas, right, or Texas Tech or um, Kansas State, Oklahoma State. And you think, what's the best way to go about it? Should a team be naming the starter going into the summer after spring and then letting that guy be the leader and then see what happens from there, letting them get the first team reps? I got to be honest, each situation is different, but I would prefer that route at the college level, and here's why. If I have a hunch that one guy is going to be my starter, I want to name him the starter, see if he has those leadership qualities when the coaching staff can't be around the players for most of the summer. Does he become the leader? Do guys rally around him? Does he have that capability? Give him the first team reps in fall camp, and then if he's not getting it done, you move on. I I mean, if I'm Texas and I'm Tom Herman, I would have named Sam Ellinger my starting quarterback in the spring and see what he could have done with this team in the offseason and getting those first team reps, how that might have uh, changed his upcoming season. I like Shane Bouchelle. I do, but I just think the upside is much greater for Sam Ellinger. And God willing, he's not going to get killed. And guess what? Also, they're not going to run the guy 20 times a game and try to get him killed. The offensive game planning by not just Tom Herman, but let's be honest, the man calling the plays there most of the time. Our buddy Tim Beck didn't do any favors there for Sam Ellinger. Now, Kansas State's a little different because I think those guys are such neck and neck and Alex Delton and Skylar Thompson. I saw them both at the spring game, and dang, that is going to be a tough situation, and I wouldn't be shocked if there's a package for each guy to start the season at Kansas State. That just strikes me as something Bill Snyder would have no problem doing. Oklahoma State's way too much of a wild card. I mean, Spencer Sanders wasn't in camp for the spring, so I don't think you can go there just yet. You want to have a true battle into the fall. And, you know, at Texas Tech, I I don't think that um, Cliff Kingsbury has an answer as to what he wants to do, to be totally honest. I think he's probably shaking his head saying, geez, these are my options, huh? Uh, This is what I got to work with. So I don't blame him for that, but um, we'll see how it plays out here 
for all the Big 12 schools. I mean, how about that? You look at the quarterback battles you have. I mean, Kansas technically has itself a quarterback battle as well. Peyton Bender, Carter Stanley, Miles Kendrick, who's it going to be? Um, that's going to be interesting. So you go down the list there, and half the conference has itself in a quarterback battle. I mean, how often does that happen anywhere? And that's something that we're going to have to watch out for here over the coming weeks as we get closer and closer to the season, what the reports are on who's winning these battles, who's got the edge, and how it's going to play out before week one, and if the competition is even done by week one. And, you know, too many times we see that where competition goes in to the season. And each case is a little bit different. Some guys will say you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. I usually buy that, but in certain cases like Kansas State, I don't. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Always great to have you in. We appreciate you joining the show like uh, many of you do each and every week. You're the best. And if you miss any of the show on the radio, download us on iTunes. Go find the podcast. Just search heartlandcollegesports.com. You can't miss it. So we appreciate each and every one of you, and we can't wait. Three weeks to go, and it will be college football season. Get me there already. Just do it. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place, right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. 2,000 country stations. Yeah, we're one big country nation. That's right. Thanks again for listening, guys. Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Email me a screenshot. I'll send you the koozie. I promise everyone's getting them. I'm running out, actually. So be sure to do that soon. Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. And uh, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly.